and it sits on my shelf right across from my desk. Uh, and uh, it says on it, it says pastor, right? And it just reminds me who I am in case I forget. Um, so, but uh, no, it, it, the re this, this side does not face me, okay? The other side is what faces me. And what it says is pastor because hardcore devil stomping ninja isn't an official job title. Hardcore devil stomping ninja isn't an official job title, but it should be. Um, and I know what you're thinking. Sean, uh, when I think about you, I definitely think ninja, right? You definitely think my uh, ninja skills, uh, something, something like that. Uh, and, and no, I have no ninja skills. I can barely sneak up on a bag of ruffles. Um, but oh, when I do, they start shaking because they know they're all going away. They're all going away. So, um, but... Uh, you know, the reason I put this on my shelf and the reason that it faces me this way is because it reminds me that I am in a spiritual battle against the evil one, against the devil. I am in a spiritual battle against the devil. And here's the thing, folks. We're all in a spiritual battle against the evil one. We are all in a spiritual battle against the devil. Every single one of us are in a spiritual battle against the devil. And the devil, just so you know, hates you. The devil hates everything about you. The devil will lie to you. The devil will steal from you. The devil wants to destroy you. The devil uh, is, uh, just hates you and he wants to drag you to hell with him. But the good news is, is that we are given victory over Satan. We have been given victory over Satan through Jesus Christ. And that's what we're going to talk about today as we finish up a series we started seven weeks ago called Victory. Now, this series is all about how we can have victory in the struggles that we have in life and the battles that we face in life. We can have victory over uh, those battles. And, and we talked about several different ways that we can have victory in our lives. We talked about different stories from the Old Testament and some teachings from the New Testament, all about how we can have victory. So we talked about like uh, David and Goliath, for example. We talked about how we can have victory over the giants in our lives, those things that are seemingly undefeatable, those champions that come against us that we don't feel like we can beat, we, God can give us victory over those giants. And so those things that seem too, uh, uh, those things that seem insurmountable, that we just can't defeat them. No, God can give us victory over giants in our lives. Uh, we talked about Joshua and the battle of Jericho and how the people marched around the city uh, once per day. And then on the seventh day, they marched around the city seven times and the walls came tumbling down. Uh, we talked about how God can give us victory over the strongholds in our lives, strongholds of addiction, strongholds of sin and temptation, uh, even strongholds of bitterness and unforgiveness, because those things will take hold in our lives uh, and they can seem uh, unbeatable, but yet God can give us victory over those strongholds in our lives. Uh, we talked about um, how God can uh, help us to have victory over fear when we talked about the Israelites crossing through the sea. When God parted the waters and the people walked through the sea on dry ground, we saw that God can give us victory over fear because the people were terrified of the Egyptians who were bearing down on them and they were also afraid of the water in front of them that they had nowhere to go. They felt stuck. 
And sometimes in our lives we feel stuck and filled with fear, and yet God can give us victory over that fear uh, when we are still before him and when we move when he says move. So those are some Old Testament stories that we talked about when it comes to uh, having victory. And then in the New Testament, we've seen three ways that we can have victory. We talked about victory over the grave. Um, that when Jesus was raised from the dead, uh, that we have the promise that we who have been baptized into Christ, who have been spiritually united with him in his death, burial, and resurrection, uh, that we will one day be raised just as he was raised. Uh, and so we have the promise of resurrection and victory over the grave. Last week, we talked about victory over death and how we do not have to fear death, that death isn't the worst thing that can happen to a Christian. In fact, it's one of the best things that hap can happen to a Christian because when we take our last breath on earth, the next breath we take is our first breath in heaven. The Bible says that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so we uh, uh, take our last breath on earth and then we step through that door, that portal of death, and right into the arms of Jesus. And I, I don't know about you, but uh, today it's just this overwhelming feeling that you know, I just really want to be with Jesus. And, and when that day comes, I, I can't wait to see my Savior face to face, the one who died for me, the one who died for you. And, and that day may be uh, uh, 20, 30, 40, 50 years off. I don't know, but I do know that because of God's grace and through faith in Jesus Christ that I'm going to live forever with him. And my prayer is that you too will also live forever with him. Um, and we can have that confidence to know that we have victory over death. And in all these things, we have seen that God gives the victory so that God gets the glory. And that's the purpose of our lives, to glorify God and to make him known, to make much of Jesus. And that's what we want to do. Today, we're going to talk about having victory over Satan. And we'll talk about that uh, for the balance of our time in just a second. But I want to kind of let you know a little bit about where we're going. Our next series starts next weekend. It's called, Oh, Be Careful. Uh, and this series uh, is all about, it's based on the little kid's song, Oh, Be Careful Little Lies, What You See. No clappers today? Usually you guys clap at 11 o'clock. 9.30, he doesn't clap. But, um, but uh, so basically what we're going to talk about for the next four weeks is being careful about what we put into our lives because what we put into our lives, what we put into our hearts is going to come out. So we're going to talk about, oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see and the things that we see, the things that we read, the things that we look at. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear, the things that we listen to and not just music and, and TV shows, but also uh, gossip. We're going to talk about gossip uh, in a couple weeks. We're also going to talk about the things that come out of our mouths and not just the things that we say, not just the, the content of our speech, but also what we post, what we type. <laughs> I see you, some of you, the things that you post online. And like some of you are like, I have to unfriend Sean when I get home. <laughs> Don't unfriend me. I will find you. I will friend you. Again. Uh, anyway, so, um, and then we're going to talk about what we put in our hearts. And the things that come in our heart, the things that we put into our hearts are going to come out in the things that we say and think and do. So that's that series, Oh, Be Careful. And then it's going to be time for Palm Sunday and Easter. We're going to talk about the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, we got a special thing we're going to do this year. We're going to do a worship and prayer night on Good Friday. So we're going to have a Good Friday service. Uh, and then we're going to have five services for Easter. We're really looking forward to that. We'll share more about that in the coming weeks. Uh, and then uh, we're going to do a three-week series called Relentless. And it's all about how God 
God relentlessly pursues those who are far from him and how as a church we need to do the same thing. So that's where we're going for the next couple of months. But for today, we're talking about having victory over Satan. Uh, and so uh, if you've got your app, uh, today is a great day to use the app on your smartphone or tablet. Uh, and uh, if you haven't gotten the app yet, you can go to your app store, uh, either iTunes store or Google Play store and download the app by searching for GFCC. Download the app to your phone. You can follow along with the sermon notes. You can give your tithes and offerings and you can also um, get push notifications about things that are going on around here. Uh, so uh, today's a great day to use the app because we're going to be all over and we're going to look at a bunch of different passages of scripture. They will be up on the screens as well. Uh, so get ready to buckle up and uh, hold on because we are going to cover a lot of ground today. Um, in John chapter 8, uh, Jesus is having a conversation. He's confronting some Jews uh, about who they thought he was and what they were going to do to him, what they wanted to do to him. And what they wanted to do to him was kill him. And basically Jesus tells them that they are sons of the devil. Okay, and that's a pretty serious accusation. But he calls them the sons of the devil, uh, and, they, and he calls them slaves to their father. And they say, we've never been slaves to anyone, which is totally bogus, because this, the, Egypt, the Egyptians uh, held the Israelites in slavery for 400 years. So they were slaves to the Egyptians for 400 years, but they denied the fact that they had been slaves in their past. And then... Uh, Jesus says, uh, they say to Jesus that we are sons of Abraham. And Jesus tells them, no, you're not sons of Abraham. Let me tell you who you really are. And in John chapter 8, verse 44, Jesus says this, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. And he's talking about how the devil wanted Jesus killed and that the Jews wanted him killed as well. They were following the desires of the devil. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So I'm here to tell you right now, we're going to talk here at the beginning a little bit about who our enemy is and who the devil is. The devil, Jesus says, is a murderer and a liar. A murderer and a liar. Uh, Jesus said elsewhere in the book of John uh, that the, the thief comes. He's a thief. He comes to steal kill and destroy. This is, I don't understand why anybody would want to mess around with the devil. Because the devil is a thief. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He is a murderer and a liar. He wants to destroy you. He wants to kill you. And he wants to drag you to hell with him. Now, we have no reason to fear the devil. Because we've been given victory over Satan. We're going to talk about that in just a few minutes. But when it comes to the devil, don't mess with the devil. The devil is a liar. And, and, and here's the thing. The devil is not all-powerful, and he's not all-knowing. Only God is all-powerful. Only God is all-knowing. But the devil and his minions know where you're weak, and they will, just as it was in the Garden of Eden, when he tempted Adam and Eve, he will tempt you because he knows where you're weak. But the devil can't put thoughts in your head and the devil can't make you do anything. You can't say, well, the devil made me do it. No, the devil has no power over you. He can't make you do anything. And he can't put thoughts in your head. I've heard people say that before. Well, I think the devil's making me think this. No, the devil can't make you think anything. No, but what the devil can do is whisper in your ear. The devil come along and whisper in your ear. But just know this, when the voice of the devil comes whispering in your ear, it is a lie. Because the devil is a liar. Jesus said there's no truth in him. If you want to know the truth, you need to listen to Jesus. Because Jesus said, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
There's no way to get to the Father except through him. Jesus is the truth. The devil is a liar. And he will lie to you. You, you know what the lie, the, one of his favorite lies to tell you is? Is that there's no way that God could ever love you or forgive you. There's no way that God could ever uh, forgive you for the things that you've done. And he'll bring up your past. He'll remember those things that you did in the past. And he will remember that. That stuff that you did in college. And you're like, whoa, how do you know I did stuff in college? Everybody does stuff in college. All right. So that stuff you did in college, the devil knows about it. And he's going to bring it up to you. The stuff that God forgave a long time ago, when you were younger and you did stupid stuff, when you were uh, last week, when you did stupid stuff. Some of you are like, how do you know I did stupid stuff? Because I did stupid stuff last week. And those stupid sins that we commit over and over again, the devil will come along and he will lie to you and tell you there's no way that God could love you. There's no way that God could forgive you. There's no way that God could, could uh, forget about that. And, and so what happens is we feel guilty and we feel shame over the things we've done in the past. That is straight from the devil. Because we'll go to God and we'll say, God, how could you ever forgive me for this? And how could I, I'm so sorry that I did these things. I'm so sorry that I made these mistakes. I'm so sorry that I committed these sins. And God looks at you and he says, I have no idea what you're talking about. Because the Bible says that when God forgives our sins, he forgets all about them. He says, I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. He chooses to forgive and forget. And so when you come along and you're like, God, I, I feel so ashamed and so guilty uh, because of the things that I've done. God's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I forgave it and I chose to forget about it. Uh, the Psalms say that God, as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. That when he forgives your sins, he throws them for, away from you as far as he possibly can. And when he forgives your sins, he forgives all of them. The stupid stuff you did last week, the stupid stuff you did in college, the stupid stuff you did when you were a teenager. God forgives it all. And it's all by his grace through faith in his son, Jesus. It is a free gift. You can't earn it by being good enough. You can't buy it by putting enough money in the offering plate. I encourage you to try. Um, <laughs> these lights don't stay on by themselves, folks. We have a NIPSCO bill, too. Um, just kidding. Um, but you can't earn it. You can't buy it. You can't be good enough for it. You can't balance out the scales of good and bad. You know, no matter how many little old ladies you help cross the street, it's not going to get you into heaven. The only thing that's going to get you into heaven is God's grace and faith in Jesus Christ. And that's it. So. The devil's going to come along and he is going to lie to you and tell you that you're not forgiven. He's going to tell you that you should be full of guilt and shame. He's going to tell you, uh, he's just going to lie to you. And because and, he wants to pull you away from God and he wants to, to drag you to hell with him. And you don't have to go. Nobody has to go. You don't have to go. Tell the devil to shut up. Because Jesus has given you victory over Satan. We'll talk about that in a second. So the important thing that we need to remember is that we are in a spiritual battle. Like I said earlier, in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 12, Paul talks about the spiritual battle that we're in. And he says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We are in a spiritual battle 
in our lives. A spiritual battle, not in a battle against flesh and blood. In other words, other people are not your enemy. All right? Your spouse is not your enemy. And some of you are like, you don't know my spouse. No, your spouse is not your enemy. Your kids are not your enemies. Your teenagers, your parents are not your enemies. I know, I know. I know, crazy as that sounds. Your parents are not your enemies. The devil is your only enemy. We are in a spiritual battle, not a physical battle. And so, like the person who uh, has a different opinion than you on politics, not your enemy. All right, let me say that one more time. Again, see you on Facebook. The person who has a different opinion, and that's, by the way, that's what it is. It is an opinion. The person who has a different opinion than you on politics is not your enemy. Uh, the person, your annoying coworker is not your enemy. Your enemy isn't even your enemy. Think about that for a second. Your enemy isn't your enemy. The devil is your enemy. And so God says, put on the full armor. And if you want to know more about the full armor of God, uh, in your app on the front page is a link to a sermon that I did about eight years ago called This Means War. And it's all about the armor of God. And so I encourage you to check that out or go to our website, uh, gfcc.net, and click on Watch a Sermon. Uh, and you can search for sermons from there and just search for This Means War. Uh, and it should be on there. Um, and if not, uh, email the office and we'll send you a link to that sermon all about the spiritual battle that we're in uh, and how you can put on the full armor of God. But kind of skipping past that for just a second, I want to talk about one verse at the end of Ephesians 6, and it's verse 18, because it tells us how we can have victory over Satan when Paul says this, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Notice he uses the word all three times and the word always once. So what are we supposed to do? We are to always be in prayer. We are to always be praying. This is our weapon. One of our weapons against the devil is prayer. And I've heard it said before that the reason that we live powerless lives is because we live prayerless lives. Let me say that one more time. The reason that we live powerless lives is because we live prayerless lives. And if you want to tap into the power of God, you need to pray. We need to be people of prayer. And prayer has to be more than just waking up and saying a a quick thank you, God, for waking me up. It has to be more than just a prayer before a meal. It has to be more than just a two-minute prayer at the end of the day when you're falling asleep and you wake up in the morning and go, oh, amen. Um, some of you know what I'm talking about. Like you fall asleep while you're praying and then it's like, oh, man, oh, amen. Um, that's a weird way to end a day. Um, but we need to live lives of prayer. We need to be constantly in communication with God through prayer. We need to be... Uh, praying without ceasing. We need to pray all the time over every situation, over every circumstance. We should be praying about it and constantly praying to God. And now this, I mean, like when you are, uh, when you wake up in the morning, before you go to bed at night, at your meals, absolutely. But also when you're on your way to work, don't bow your head and close your eyes, but you know, just... But instead of talking to the person in front of you who's going too slow or the person behind you who's going too fast, I know what you, you know what I'm talking about. Instead of talking to those people, talk to God. And maybe talk to God about those people and their driving habits that you hate so much. 
But we should be, when you're at your desk, when you're on your lunch hour, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, be a person of prayer. Because prayer is one of our weapons against the devil. And the devil is our enemy. But Jesus is our victor. Jesus is the one who gives us victory. And so I want to talk a little bit about Jesus for just a minute, if it's okay with you. The first thing I want you to know about Jesus is that Jesus was wounded, but not defeated. Jesus was wounded, but not defeated. Back in Genesis chapter 3, we read the story about the fall of humanity and about how humanity sinned against God, the very first sin. God told Adam and Eve not to eat from this one tree in the, in the middle of the Garden of Eden. And they, well, sure enough, the devil comes along and tempts them and tells them, no, no, no. He just twists the truth. He twists God's word. And that's one of the devil's favorite tactics is to twist God's word to get us to sin against God. And that's what he did. He came to Eve and said, hey, look at that fruit. Doesn't that look yummy? And she's like, I'm not supposed to touch the fruit, which God never said. But she's like, I'm not supposed to touch the fruit. God only said, don't eat the fruit. Uh, he's like, no, 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 no. If you eat that fruit, you're going to become like God. And God doesn't want that. He's trying to withhold something from you and so she takes the fruit she eats it and gives it to her husband and her husband's like no i can't do that i'm a man and men don't sin against god <laughs> not quite he's like look naked woman handing me fruit i will eat this and that's what he did and he sinned against god and and god pronounced curses on humanity because of their sin but not just on humanity but against the devil as well he pronounced a curse on the devil in genesis 3:15 it says this i will put enmity between you and the woman between your offspring and hers and when he's talking about her offspring he's talking about jesus the messiah he will crush your head and you will strike his heel and so when the devil struck the heel of the offspring when he struck the heel of jesus is when he went to the cross and when he died on the cross it's only a flesh wound though only a flesh wound. Because Jesus rose from the dead. When Jesus walked out of the tomb, he sealed the devil's doom. And so he, Jesus had the last laugh. He had the final word. He says, you will strike his heel and he will crush your head. And that's exactly what happens in the end. The devil's head is crushed and he is doomed. Now you got to know this. Satan is defeated, but he is still dangerous. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, it says this, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. He's talking about persecution in the first century. But we are undergoing the similar kinds of, of struggles and sufferings, uh, of temptation uh, and fear. And, and the devil uh, is like a prowling lion, Peter says. How many of you like to go to the zoo? Any zoo fans? You know, like to go to the big cat exhibit, you know, you go there and there's the lions and the lions are always sleeping. Um, you know, the lions sleep 20 hours a day, 20 hours a day. This is my spirit animal. <laughs> I love to sleep. But the devil prowling around like a roaring lion, he does not sleep 20 hours a day. He never sleeps because he is out to get us. But we have victory over Satan. Now, here's the thing um, with... Uh, with the devil being a prowling lion, when you go to the zoo and you see the lion behind the cage, you know, it's, it's, it can be intimidating. I and mean, that's a big animal. And when they roar, if you've ever heard, you can be on the other side of the zoo and you can hear the lions roar. It's like, man, that is an imposing roar. 
And, and Peter says the devil is like a roaring lion, prowling around looking for someone to devour. You know that if that lion got out of that cage at the zoo, you are a pork chop now. You are in trouble. You are Because you, you better pray that that lion is a vegetarian. He's not. You're in trouble. And the devil is like a prowling lion looking. So he is, but he is defeated, but he is still dangerous. And so we need to uh, be careful with the devil. Don't mess with the devil. All right. Just because the devil is dangerous doesn't mean that he's not defeated because he is. And victory over Satan is yours through faith in Jesus Christ. Victory over Satan is yours through faith in Jesus Christ. And when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, by believing in him, turning away from your sins and repenting of your sins, confessing Jesus as Savior and Lord and getting baptized, God washes away your sins, but he also gives you victory over Satan. And that's exactly what Romans chapter 16, verse 20 says. I love this verse. It says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. That your victory is assured through Jesus. That just as Jesus defeated the devil, you will have victory over Satan as well. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. And so the devil is defeated. Now, how do you win the victory? How do you win the victory? You have to stay connected. And it may be that you need to make that initial connection uh, with God and that put your faith and trust in Jesus. Maybe you need to make that initial connection with God. If you never uh, confessed Jesus as Savior and Lord and gotten baptized, maybe the time is now. Maybe it's time for you to take that next step of faith. Like I said, we had four people take that next step of faith this, this weekend. We had one today and three yesterday. And it's just awesome to see that God is working in people's hearts and in people's lives. And, and they're making those, those next steps of faith. Um, and maybe your next step of faith is, is to come. Maybe it's your turn next. And I want you to talk to me about that. I want you to come grab me and say, Sean, how can I make that next step of faith uh, after this service today? Um, so you need to make that initial connection. You also need to connect with God in worship. You need to connect with God in worship. And, and that means more than just coming to church. It means living a lifestyle of worship, living a lifestyle of surrender and submission to God. But it does mean coming to church as well. And, 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 and not just coming every once in a while, but coming every weekend. We want to see you here. And not just for numbers sakes or anything like that. It's because your presence here encourages other people. And you can be encouraged by others when they see you. And so it encourages me because I know what some of you guys are going through and how some of you are just close to throwing in the towel of faith. Don't throw in the towel of faith and, and keep coming and know that God is going to do amazing things in your life and God is going to speak to you through his word. He's going to speak to you through his spirit. He is going to speak to you through the music and you ha have an opportunity to connect with God in worship. So stay plugged into God, stay connected with God in worship. The other way you can connect with God is to connect with God in prayer. You need to be praying for, uh, you need to be praying for one another. You need to be praying for our world. You need to be praying for our leaders. You need to be praying for our church. You need to stay connected with God in prayer. Like I said earlier, we need to live lifestyles of prayer. Because it feels, if we feel powerless in our lives, it's usually because we are prayerless in our lives. We need to be people of prayer. 
Finally, you need to connect with God in groups. We have these things called connection groups here at GFCC. And if you're not a part of a connection group, we want to get you plugged into a group. I asked our office manager, Sarah, the other day, uh, how many groups have room in them? And there are nine groups that have people uh, that have room for people to join them. And so if you want to join a connection group, I want you to call the office and ask to speak to Brandon, our associate pastor. Give him a week, okay? Just give him a week uh, to, to get used to having the baby in the house. But call and ask to talk to Brandon. And Brandon will get you plugged into a group because one of the best ways you can grow in faith is to be a part of a group. So connect with a group uh, and study God's word with your brothers and sisters in Christ and connect with God in a group. So that's three ways you can connect with God in worship and in prayer and in a group. And we encourage you uh, to continue to connect with God. Because when we stay connected with God, we uh, have victory over Satan. And now, so we've kind of talked a lot about victory these last seven weeks. And I want to kind of cinch this series up in just a, a, a real quick verse. It's from Romans chapter 8, verse 37. This is what it says. Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ. Not just any kind of victory, but overwhelming victory is ours through Christ. That through Jesus Christ, we have victory. Victory over giants. Victory over fear. Victory over strongholds. Victory over death. Victory over the grave. And even victory over Satan. And because we have this victory... We need to walk in victory. We need to remember that we are not defeated and there is nothing that can defeat us. That with God on our side, we will be victorious.